Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. If you do not see 10 to 20 times return on ad spend on brand search, treat checkout and cart abandonment emails the same, or don't know your online customer lifetime value, then your e-commerce revenue potential is not being realized. Contact us today at skydiamondelite.com forward slash BOF to achieve the e-commerce success your brand deserves. With the virus going on, it's going to bring a lot of changes. But I'm really optimistic with the changes. If you're creative, I think it's going to be you saving grace. What kind of images that you as an image maker would imagine making? Do you, will you want to provoke people? Will you want to reassure people? Will you want to inspire people? You need a lot of positiveness, I think. I, I don't think you need provocation for the sake of provocation. You cannot go back to old formats. You know, that's, you always have to go forward. You know, you build up from your past and you learn from it and you move forward with it. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF podcast. This week, our editor-at-large, Tim Blanks, sits down with the celebrated art director, Fabian Barron, who kind of created the communication template for modern luxury. Well, on a recent episode of BOF Live, Fabian said that everything with regards to communication in fashion is going to change along with everything else in the context of the coronavirus pandemic. Here's Fabian Barron, Inside Fashion. Hello, everybody. Welcome to BOF Live. Um, today, our guest is Fabien Baron. Uh, very exciting conversation for me because I feel I'm a bit older than Fabien, but I feel I've grown up with him because he's uh, shaped, shaped the visuals that really shaped uh, our world in fashion. It's a wonderful chance to talk to him, even though the circumstances are slightly bizarre. Uh, where are you? I am in the Hamptons. I'm so lucky to be in the Hamptons. It's uh, because, you know, like I have a garden, I have 
big garden. So it's nice to be able to walk outside and not being like confined really all the time in the apartment. Just the idea to be able to walk outside anytime you want is a privilege that, you know, I feel very, very privileged to be here, to be honest. Now, people think of the Hamptons as being a sort of rich man's playground with huge big mansions and things, but there is a community there, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have a small little house. It's a very, very old house. It's from uh, 1783. So it was built first. It's an old farm. It's small. It's Shaker style. And um, I renovated it. And it's, you know, the, the floor is like moving around. Nothing straight. It's, it's, it's very nice. It's charming. It's not, it's far from being a mansion. And I'm glad I don't have a mansion, actually. And what are you doing? Uh now that you wouldn't be doing in your previous existence? Well, I'm spending a lot of time cleaning out the house, actually, and cooking, like I'm sure everyone is, you know, like apart from trying to minimize the amount of time you go to the grocery stores, you know, you spend your time cleaning out, you know, like washing the floors, you know, I even repainted the wall and, and power washed the, the facade, you know, so I, I just do, I became like, a super cleaning lady and an amazing, you know, like a caretaker. It's, I do everything. I, you know, I have my box of tools and it's fine. It's great. I don't mind it. You I know, I like to be busy. So put it, put it kind of putting people in back in touch with the way that, um, well, I, we were, we remembered when we were kids, you know, it, it felt like we, it felt like we were so much more self-sufficient. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think things were, you know, a little bit more simple, a little bit more basic. That's why, you know, like the first thing I put down on my Instagram is the back to basics. And I don't mind it because I grew up that way. So, you know, like, um, you know, we lived in a house in the suburbs of Paris when they had no electricity, um, no running hot water. And so no fridge, you know, you had a stove, you know, you had to go get the coal down in the basement and bring the coal up to the house to, and you have, one eater in the house and the bathroom was outside you know yeah, I, I remember an outside bathroom you know, the, house, the, house, the bathroom was outside and we didn't have a normal ba- you know bathtub or anything like that you had the kitchen sink and that was it and you were like you were washed you know as a kid you know naked you know in 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 a, in a basin you know so that was it and you had to warm up the water and so that's the way I grew up and I'm glad I did. And I think it kept me very, you know, like normal and not to, you know, so I'm not like, you know, even though I, I live a very good life now and I've, you know, and live a luxurious life and a privileged life compared to most people, um, I'm never afraid to go back to that because that's my roots and I feel kind of actually privileged I live that, you know, I had the you know, I feel, I feel it's a, it's, it was actually a, a, a good fortune to, to be able to grow up like that in some, somehow. You know, I, I, um, I think uh, in, it, you published in 2019, you published a book of your work, which was kind of a re- retrospective, but not. It wasn't chronological. It was a collection of everything you've ever done, your, your professional work for... <clears throat> um, excuse me, people like Calvin Klein, Italian Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, and then your personal work, your art. And 
what came through so strongly in that book, I thought, was your relationship with nature and the incredible respect that you have for the grandeur of nature and what a, what a challenge it is to try and capture that in a, in a photographic image. And for anyone who isn't familiar with your Instagram, at Fabien Baron, uh, when you go there, you just see that same grandeur, but you manage to get it onto a, the, the screen of a mobile phone, you know, that you posted in the last couple of days, you posted the series of images of the beach, presumably the beach that's near your house. And what I love about those pictures is, is I think what we've been reminded about right now is how enormous and implacable and um, in, un, inconquerable, unconquerable nature really is. That we think we can control nature, but in the end, it will always vanquish us. And I think that's what your pictures do. The pictures of the beach, that they're, they're just so huge. And they're such a reminder of how tiny and insignificant people are. I mean, is that what you're trying to do with those, with those pictures? I think to me, like it's a search for a ser um, serenity and a calmness. You know, I've been taking those pictures of the sea oh, since 1983. So it's been quite a while. So I, I kind of know the subject matter quite well. So I know how to take a picture of the water. Um, and I've, I've learned it through mistake. I've learned it, you know, like through time, how to do it and how to do it well. Um, but really for me, it's, it's, it's an internal journey, something very personal and, and very much attached to, to me and, and what I do. It's, it's a counterbalance to all the commercial work that I'm doing outside. It's, my, it's, it's really my artwork. And, and I, I spend a lot of time doing it. Like, you know, the minute I have time off, that's what I do. I go and take images and, you know, do my, you know, photo collage and do all my, all this work that, that, that I've amassed through the years. So there, there, there's a lot of it that is not known. And Instagram, the iPhone was really a tool. It's almost the, um, the iPhone is the um, kind of like the, the sketch of the other image that I'm taking with my other camera. So I sketch it with the iPhone put that on Instagram because it's instant and it's easy. And there's the other picture, which is done with another camera and a very different technique. It's a much larger camera. And, and that is, is my artwork. So, um, and strangely enough, what I posted last time was for the first time on Instagram, I posted my non-iPhone pictures for the first time because it was Earth Day and I felt like it was time to show you know, certain of these images and that is on Instagram now. And as, and I specifically, you know, quoted, like it was not iPhone. Not because iPhone. all the other pictures are iPhone. All my pictures on Instagram are, are, are done with the iPhone. And I want it to be like that way because I feel like, you know, if you're on Instagram, you have to be instant and you have to do the thing like, you know, immediately. It has to be immediate. So I want to use my iPhone when I do Instagram. So these were the only times that did. It's strange that you noticed it. But I think it's, I think very, I don't know, maybe technicians would be aware of, would know that 
I watch you and Nick Knight taking pictures on your iPhones and they are not the pictures that most people take on their iPhones. You do this and suddenly as if by magic, <laughs> there is this astonishing picture. But what I'm curious about is whether you feel, because you take a lot of photos in nature and it seems to me that your most personal photos are about nature and yes. your most famous photos have the most, the, most, the, the most famous images you're associated with are Kate Moss or uh, all, all the incredible work that you've done over the years with the supermodels or with um, even, even something like the products, you know, like Issey Miyake's bottle for his perfume. These mm -hmm. things that are so iconic, but your most personal work think, is... Uh, Nature. I think because because the work is public, the yeah. work being public allows it to be become iconic. My artwork is not you know something that I put out there yet. I'm in the process of doing that, and um, I want to do that now. So that's probably one of the my next step is to go out there and like you know use my artwork and show my artwork in a way that you know I haven't done before. So maybe then we'll see, like maybe it's going to be iconic or not, we'll see. But I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling my way to this point that do you, do you feel your relationship with nature changing slightly in the light of this crisis that, that has been kind of brought about by our species really compromised relationship with nature? Well, it feels like it's a little bit like of a, a little bit of a revenge, no, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I think we, we, I think we're messing up with the planet. That is for sure. And as a species, we actually endangering ourselves. You know, we're pushing at places where you know, you know, maybe nature is going to really get us back because nature is going to win. There's yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. Like as a species, I think like. We, we're more inclined to lose this game than nature is. Like, you know, they're saying, oh, it's, you know, the icebergs are melting. Everything. No, it will be back, you know, really quickly. I mean, it's really interesting to see, you know, like the, the amount of pollution in, in, two, in, the, in two months, up the reduction of pollution in, 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 this, in such a little time. Nature yeah. can make everything clean so quickly. I mean, those pictures are way stronger than we are. Yeah. And I think like yes. by, by pushing nature to that, to, to, its lim to a certain limit, I think we endangering ourselves rather than endangering the planet, to be honest. I mean, those pictures of peacocks walking through Madrid, which is unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's hard to believe that they're real, but yeah. I know the or photos. Ducks in Paris, ducks yeah. in Paris, yes. in courtyards, in like, you know, sitting in the middle of the road. It's, in, it's incredible. Or dolphins in the Grand Canal, although apparently that was a, a they were a fake. fake. But, that was a fake. you know, they might be coming. They might be coming. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I just wonder though that I look at, when I look, when I was looking at those photos that you took on the beach and you took, they were sort of like one moment over a, the course of a day with different lights or, or mm -hmm. over a few days. Yes, yes, the yes. same location but different lighting and you see that the incredible power and um, beauty of nature and you know I, I went back and looked at, at your book because the, those pictures of the, 
oh, they're just, you just stare at them for hours. You can drown in them. And, and I just, I, want, I wondered whether you felt your attitude to what you were doing has changed by, by this thing, how your attitude to what you do has changed with, with well, the, the gymnastic of it, of taking the picture is exactly the same. I wake up really, really early. I take my camera, even though like my back hurts and like, you know, I carry the camera, it's a heavy camera and I take it to the beach every morning. So the gymnastic of doing the work is, is the same, but the, the, actually, you know what, like, I was actually like the first time I took a picture, you know, with the in the situation. I felt actually really good to be there on the beach and be able to take one of these pictures because it was very reassuring, it was very calming, and it was very um, humbling to be there. And like, and it's a place that I know very very well, and it's like a place of safety in a way. So I felt really good. I felt connected to what I was doing and what I was looking at. And I think that's part of the process of taking those images. And do you see it as art or do you see it as a record? No, I see it as, as, as art, yes. Because it's an interpretation of what I'm looking at. Like, you know, like the, the not the, the picture on the iPhone, but the picture, the finished picture that I'm taking, it's, it's, I think it's, they've extremely long exposures, like sometimes like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So it is whatever happened during that time that is recorded um, in a way and it does its own thing. So I see it more as an art than, uh, than you know, a recording. Even you know, though like, I'm like, even, even though I am recording it, like, you know, yeah. and, and then there's the gymnastic of going back every day and doing that picture over and over. I've done, I don't know how I many, pictures I have of the sea I don't know like thousands thousands I've done a book on it like 10 years ago I have another book that is in the work about it again and you know like and also like now I want to show the work in the gallery I want to you know present it in a in a way that is different than you know like collecting you know the work for myself you know I think about like say a photographer like Richard Mizrak who took Thousands of oh, photos of the Golden, Gate, the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Or Claude Monet painting the Houses of Parliament in London, where you take one subject and you record that subject over, obsessively, over and over and over again, until it becomes like a, a, a sort of a dialogue with the subject in a way, but also a real meditation on what, creativity is and and do do you i think everybody who's making things now and we're in this moment we don't really know what's going to happen we don't we're not fully aware of how the world's going to change whether you think whether you whether you imagine how people will look at this work when you when you're doing it what this work will mean in i don't know 20 50 100 years I think, I, think, I, I think like when I look at it myself even now and I, that, and I see the, the body of work, um, it is definitely a study and it is definitely uh, looking at this one subject matter in a very specific way mm. and try to understand its nuance and try to understand how it functions. I like the fact that it was very minimal mm. subject that this 
half of the picture is water, half of the picture is sky. And these two elements, you know, how they contact together, how they in interact together, and how like, you know, the wind is playing, you know, like the, the wind is playing, you know, with the, the clouds, like, the old, you know, like it changes all the time. And that's why, you know, I put in the caption, you know, always the same, because it's always the same picture, but it's never the same. And, you know, like, and I, when you mentioned, for example, I posted like uh, different times, they were like just five minutes apart. And the change, like you don't even perceive it unless you really put your head to it and you really start looking and it forces, it forces you to really think about what you're looking at. And it keeps you in focus and keeps you like very aware of your environment. And it's like being in the Zen moment in a way. This, this part of it is, 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 is that, I would say. Well, there's something about the horizon that's always been particularly mesmerizing for human beings. What, did, was Gustave Le Grey one of the earliest photographers and he took those photos of the sea and the sky? Uh, was his name Gustave Le Grey? A very I, early I French photographer. I don't and know. He used, to, he used to put two photos together. He used to put his photo of the sea and his photo of the sky together. Oh, interesting. And, I mean, one of the most, the, one of the earliest photographic collages, I guess. I think his name was Gustave Le Grey. And um, it was, it was I, I was, I look at those horizon shots, like Sugimo, Hiroshi Sugimoto mm -hmm. doing the same long exposures and this, and this, this mesmerizing, Horizons, I guess, are actually quite optimistic things because you want to go beyond them to find what's next. It's also a perfect balance. Yeah. Between the ground and the sky. But mystery, too. Mystery. Yeah. Something quite spiritual. Do you, do you feel there's something spiritual in what you Absolutely. do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the going back to it like a religion is pretty much, you know, an aspect of it. You feel that? I do it religiously. There's a methodology in the, in the way I do it. Do you feel that more strongly as you get older? Um, well, I, I, it's funny because it's something I'm doing since 1983 and I'm, I'm taking that pictures and I continue to take that picture. And it's um, the repetition of it makes it like, you know, going to, it's like maybe, maybe it is very religious. Maybe it is mm. very like, you know, trying to be like a, attached to something that is, bigger than you and that you cannot control and that you try to control every day and it doesn't work and you get results from it and then you wish it would be like this and when it, when is it going to look like this or you expecting i'm missing that and and you try to find it and you search it search it and search it every day every day every day and that's what i'm doing i wake up it's dark i don't know what's going to be i've i kind of understand a little bit more because you know you know there's stars there's no stars can you see the, the moon is there? and i go to the beach and then I, I start there in the dark and i, I stay until like two two hours two hours there and i take these very long exposures it's a and then i go home and yeah. i start my day <laughs> and then you have a fabulous breakfast it's a it's a really an incredible I could see, suddenly I see this now, and maybe I saw it before, but it's, I always saw your, in your work, I saw chaos and control. Um, I, I saw that, uh, that, because you're quite obsessive in the way you work and the way it's you are so precise, and you're actually, 
applying this incredible <laughs> precision to quite chaotic things. So we have the spirit of you on the beach, and then we have the flesh of a naked Kate Moss sprawled across a couch, or a naked Ava Mendes in a Calvin Klein ad. We have the incredible carnality of, of your work in fashion. So actually you're heading into sort of quite philosophical country here, the spirit and the flesh, you know, it's very French. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. But, but the, you know, it, it, it's the monumentalism of the work in nature. It's so interesting to look back on, um, and I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be allergic to the word back, because I think right now we have an opportunity to go forward, but often it's hard to not mention, not go back because you want to contextualize things. But you know, you're most, uh, my, probably one of my favorite ad campaigns ever was CK1 with that gang of Generation X, would they have been? What would they have been at that point? Yeah, I think they were. The Generation yeah. X, X, yeah, yeah. Kind of scruffy, hanging out, like Kate. Hanging out, like, you know, grungy, grungy kids. Yeah. Stella Tennant, Mike Campbell, all those incredible models around in the early 90s. And that now, because you were referencing Andy Warhol's photo, um, Richard Avedon's photo of the people at the factory. That's correct. Um, his, Warhol and his superstars, Joe D'Alessandro, Candy Darling and everybody. And then you recreated that with this cast of characters. And that image is, is as iconic as the one that you were referencing. When you look at... When you look at that, with, uh, especially when you're working on that book, how did, you, how did you process all that work that you'd done, which was a commercial assignment, which took on a whole other life? And when you look at it now, because you closed, you remember you were talking about closing a door with that book mm -hmm. and you wanted to open a door to a brave new world. Well, the brave new world is this virus right now, but what do you think now even in the time that the, from the time that the book came out to now, when you had everybody reacting to stuff you'd done, how do you feel about it all now? Well, I think like it, even, even more today, like you said, like I think it's really closing a door now. Like I think this is really the past and the future is gonna to be totally different. And um, with the virus going on and the it's gonna bring a lot of changes. But I'm really optimistic with the changes, you know, like I, I see a lot of like, you know, like I think the economy is going to be difficult for the economy, of course. It's going to be difficult for the fashion industry, of course. But out of this, I think you're going to, you're going to have, you know, um, there's something very optimistic about change. And to be forced to change, you know, allows one to really put you ahead to the, the issues that we're all facing and to really think about it and to really study it and to move forward in a way to be more with awareness and a certain like uh you know like um put the right thoughts into it and and not and not being like so confused about like you know all the mistakes that we've made and like kind of like being able to look at it and and seeing that we've done wrong things and maybe moving forward we can fix that so i also think like it's a moment where creativity is going to be very important i think like if you're creative i think it's going to be uh as, as you saving grace you know what i mean like so um 
I would imagine that that is going to be a moment when people are going to be highly creative, where possibilities and opportunities are going to arise. You know, I feel that, you know, um, we're at a moment when there's doubt like this, there's not really an answer, there's not a package that is already formed that you need to fit within. And there's options and opportunities to take more risk and to be more creative. So that, I think, where it's going to go. How do you think that will manifest itself? Uh, um, I what think will, in, what will creativity look like? Well, I think it will look like, you know, like new, new, new pictures, new way of taking pictures, new way of doing everything, new way of doing magazines, if magazines continue to exist, new way of, you know, of, of maybe like dressing people, maybe new way of selling clothes, new way of, a new way of doing everything, but that's going to come through creativity to like, that's going to come up with being very creative in the way you, you handle things and not go back to the old format automatically. And things that all formats been challenged, we need to find new ideas and new ways of, of processing what we've, we, need, we need to do, what we need to produce, what we need to put, put out there. How the product, the product is going to change. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. <coughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, and not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Now you, you, have, you in the past have, have said that you're not interested in the past, that actually living in your time is the most important thing for you. So this time is... is, is is going to be difficult. Not, there'll, be a, there'll be horrendous unemployment. There'll be, I mean, in fa- in di- just taking the fashion industry alone. Um, the way that we did things is, was clearly unsustainable. Everybody knew that. But now that we've actually been brought to this point where it is, it is impossible to sustain, I'm very curious about what you, as an image maker, I mean, what kind of images that you as an image maker would imagine making? Do you, will you want to provoke people? Will you want to reassure people? Will you want to uh, inspire people? I mean... Inspire is inspire people with new ideas and new ways of looking at things. It's always, it's always you know, one challenging, but also it's always refreshing. You need like freshness. You need like things that feels like you need a lot of positiveness, I think. I, I don't think you need provocation for the sake of provocation. That was something like, that was good in the 90s, I think. Like, but I think provoking today is not maybe the right thing to do. I don't think this, I don't feel, comf- personally, I don't feel comfortable with that. I feel like, you know, um, I feel like to be a little bit more humble with the, with the visuals, to be a little bit more uh, finding in closeness, finding like you know a warmth and and a positiveness is probably um where i might want to go myself so humanity yeah maybe a little bit more like those pictures those sea pictures <laughs> well humanity for sure because they, yeah. you are humble in the face of nature and those pictures yes. you really are yeah. but you you've been such a master of the power of shock you know like I just really, I, I'd love to see the faces of people in a thousand years when they look at Madonna's sex book, what they will make. What I will, won't. You know, when you, when you look at illuminated manuscripts in the Middle Ages, and like in another thousand, you're looking at Madonna's sex book. Um, yeah. Where's the power of, because the power of shock has been very, very good to you. Where, where is it now? Where, what, what, what? It, it's important in a way to, to keep people on their toes, but what, would, what, would, what will be shocking after this, after this whole crisis? Uh, maybe, maybe back to certain simplicity. 
maybe back to you know things that are more basics and rediscovering basics and presenting them in a new way because that's where we all doing every day right now we're going back to basics aren't we so maybe we know you have to start from a new scratch a new basic a new simplicity a new way of looking at things in in the more humble way in the more like you know for what they are which is like a, and there's a truth about that and there's a shock about that i think if it's very well done i think like there's you know the truth of looking at something for what it is it's not you know like we we're in the fashion industry take things for what they are and change them and decorate them and move them into and make stories around them going back to that basic and look at it for what it is maybe is a good start a good starting point and rediscovering a certain creativity that might take you lead you to new path you know it's 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 something that you need to do as you know as as each person needs to maybe go back there like you know search for a pure a purity in the creativity so that's actually shocking you out of the way you did things but it's not actually shock as we understand like shock giving offense or something you know that that won't exist well maybe there will be a new way to do that Ooh. you know it's going to be an evolution it's going to be a new, an evolution of it you go back to the basic and you build it up to a new way of maybe be shocking or be like whatever or sexy or sexy next going to come back but in a different way in in a new way i mean like the things are going in circles they're always been going in circles right so i uh, i would think like but it's a reinterpretation like you're going to have to reinterpret all the you cannot go back to old formats mm. you know that's you always have to go forward you know you build up from your past and you learn from it and you move forward with it you know and you sort of like to kind of like you know like want to describe the evolution of what was and what can be and what the wish of each person wanted to be and you know it's packaging you know the past into a future it's interesting because shock was so often attached to decadence and we were all in love with decadence i mean i use that word so often when i'm writing about fashion shows and it was never in a particularly you know perjurative way i was always like decadence you know it seemed kind of juicy and and sort of 70s-ish or something you know mm -hmm. disco and so on and so forth um it feels in a way that that is done. It feels that that will seem not very useful going forward. Like that idea of, of sort of, you know, jaded, uh, druggy, uh, you know, disco-fied, decadent people isn't, that, that will feel like something that's way back there. Probably, probably, probably not. No, I agree. And I'm in love with the idea of you know goats in the backyard and 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 <laughs> that sort of stuff. You know, going back to the village life. But mm. uh, I just uh, seeing seeing you have really dictated the visual. Tongue. But also, there's another point to be made here. It's also like the tools of which the way we communicate are changing, and they and they're changing constantly. I mean, look at the way we have to communicate now with Zoom. 
Um, so therefore, I think the way we communicate is going to change because the tools are changing and they're opening new doors and they allow us to do different things and to view things from different angles. At the end, the subject matters, they're, they're still the same. It's really the approach that you have at it and, with the, and the tools that you're using to kind of trying to discover new angles on these subject matters. Um, so the evolution of technology, the evolution of the tools which, in which, with which we work and the, 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 the place and, the, and the, you know, the way you know, we have to go through right now is automatically going to change the way we're going to want to communicate. The messaging is going to change. And the messaging, like the, the, the concept, the, the, the messaging today to me becomes really the most important thing. So I think there's, we have a duty to make something work. And therefore, maybe the voice in which you say things, it's going to be probably be a little bit more serious and authentic now than it was, you know. What does that look like? Um, it can look so many different ways, you know, I think like it's, I think storytelling is going to have to be more important. Superficiality is going to have to be less important and, um, truthful things going to have to be move forward. So I think like also like visually when, you know, like, um, um, <clears throat> how things could look visually, I think you have to start with your concept, like what, what, what is the concept of which you want to communicate and how you want to communicate and, and put words to that and put a structure to that and put tools to that. And then the visual will come, will come I think, automatically. Wow. I'm still trying to imagine that. I, I think it's interesting when your book came out, we were talking about the door you closed was on all that work that you'd done for decades and the door you wanted to open, you were thinking, about, you were talking about movies. And it's really interesting now, we're on Zoom, which is moving in the last two months. Everybody's the moving image is going to Everybody's talking in moving images. The moving image is definitely going to take a huge part in that. You see it. You see it everywhere. Even the, moving, the movie industry, the motion industry is, is moving for, I mean, with Netflix, with the, you know, Hulu, like all, all this, you know, like, all this change, like, you know, like producing a movie today, like, you know, like is, there's so much content that needs to be put out there. So, what kind of you know, story? maybe the, the photography is, well, the, <clears throat> the storytelling will be important. That I'm for sure about. I think what like people want to be told, Love stories, you know, like sad stories, happy stories. I, I, I don't think it matters what type of story. I think you have to find your own story. Like, you know, I mean, it depends in what context you want to talk about stories. In the context of like what we do in fashion or in just the context of life in general. Human stories, you were saying now. That, that I, think, I think it has to be human stories, yes. I think the people voicing themselves and telling their stories, I think is going to be something important because we all live through something important that is affected every one of us. And we have all, all of us have an angle on it. And all of us has, have, you know, things that in common 
about it and we have all very specific angles about it and these stories will be will be heard i, I, I would imagine and they will f and they will feed the, the new creativity and we will have to create with that in context and you have faith that there will be a sort of global consciousness about this i think there is already no oh, i hope so i think so i think like you know like um there's a man telling you know, we were we, the world was going towards globalization it was you know like and of course there is still Which wasn't a good thing though it was not a good thing you think well, the globalization was a sort of business <laughs> idea for very very rich people so um you know i think it left the whole left behind notion i think became very very uh very very uh became a huge issue when populist leaders could capitalize on the sort yeah. of discontent of people who've been left behind by globalization. But I'm, I'm wondering now, I mean globalization as in a global, not globalization, but a global consciousness of, of this thing we have all faced around the world. Well, um, it's incredible the idea that, you know, like wherever you turn on this planet today, like everyone's wearing a mask and that's quite mm. incredible. You know? You know, when we talked, um, when we talked before, And I think this, there's a global awareness that had to happen with that, you know, like uh, that we feel at one very small and two very, you know, part of, of the world. You have to be, you have to feel part of the world. Yes, part of nature. And that, part of nature. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing to feel that we are not bigger or better than anything else on the face of the planet. <laughs> we're actually, you know, we're actually part of the whole. And I think for too many millennia, human beings have you know put themselves above that they they were given you know dominion over nature and dominion doesn't mean domination the dominion means guardian. well the, the what set us apart is you know the ego mm. the ego is killing mm. Mm. and the id <laughs> when we talk when we talked um the id who says to inject disinfectant. Um, when we talked, um, when the book came out, you said you think about death all the time, which seems also to be another quite French thing. Do you, are you still thinking about death all the time when actually it is a much more dynamic yes. notion? Definitely. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Really, why? I don't know. I just, I, I guess it's, why not? I mean, to be honest. <laughs> no, I mean, when, it, when you're actually looking at it, when you're actually looking at the, 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 the kind of possibility that it, it's out there waiting for us all right now, that it's not, you know, this isn't a distant, that this, this virus, whatever, whatever it is, isn't some distant kind of confection. It's actually right here all around us with people we know. I, I thought that, that, you know, with your four children, you'd be thinking, no, I want to live. Oh, but I, I do want to live, duh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you think about it as something that is part of you. I mean, like, you have to accept it. And like, it's hard to, it's something hard to accept that one day you're not going to be around. And that's, that's the ego, is the fight with the ego, isn't it? Who are you in the house with? Who are you in the house with? I'm with Ludivine yeah. and, and uh, Louise. Just one of your children. 
Yeah, well, we had Eva with us and she went back to the city, actually. She wanted to be back to the city, so she went back. And and having this, having four children, got it was great. It was it's 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 fabulous. Does it, but it, 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 does it make you feel patriarchal in in a time of crisis like this? Do you feel? No, not really. I think I think a part of I'm part of a big family, which I have a big family, and uh, I feel really close to all my children, and and it's it's. There's something we talk all the time on the phone, you know, we not zooming, but we talk on the phone, we talk, you know, FaceTime, we FaceTime a lot. You know, I have two children in LA right now, like Matthew, who's he's 30, 31, and Ariel, who's 28, and Eva, who's 21, who's gonna turn 21, and she's in New York, so, and, and Louise, who's um, eight. So, we talk all the time. I mean, it's been quite like an interesting moment for family time. Mm. I think I think it's been nice to to focus on that and to be you know in the house and to be you know taking care of the family, cooking and doing the normal things of life, of everyday life that we all kind of forgotten that we you know we hired people to do things for you. You know, you have, you, you're so busy at work that you have a cleaning lady, you have this, you have that, you have someone that comes into the garden and cut the grass and like you, you have people working for you and you're part of that circle of work. But, you know, now, I mean, it's, it's different. So, and I don't mind to be back to, to this, to a more simple life. And it's been nice on the human level to be really close to your kids in this way. So I will cherish this moment as well. There's a lot of good in this moment. And that obviously affects the way you work too. Absolutely, and the way you think and the way you, you want to think, how you want to communicate in the future. So I was just thinking, um, the, one of your last Instagram posts was your campaign for Xenia. Um, what makes a man? Yeah, um, what makes a man, yes. And um, that was, a campaign that has a celebrity in, in a, you know, very kind of global context, like probably a huge budget, lots of travel, um, big t a big crew making it, I would imagine. And that, that now, it's hard to, it, it's impossible to imagine in a time of the distancing that, that, that that's, you know, we're being canceled on. Um, and the whole idea of travel, I think um, I was talking to my cousin who lives at the very, very top of New Zealand and travel isn't going to be that easy from now on. I think everybody is much more aware of borders. Borders are closed. There will be, there will be more. Gonna, that is going to be only for a while. I don't, I'm not so sure. I think in people's heads, the seeds planted now and Australia and New Zealand have closed their borders. So you can't get in. Um, mm. And I, if it, even if it goes on for a year or a little while, that the whole idea of travel will change. It will go, maybe even go back to what it used to be. Maybe we'll be traveling between places on ships in in a, in a couple of decades. And you the whole notion of travel, and the travel travel will be the adventure it used to be. That you didn't wake up in the morning and say, "I'm going to go to Tokyo today," and you go to Tokyo. Now mm -hmm. you're going to have to plan it and think about it. It's going to be so special when you do these things. It's going to, it's going to, 
this is my this is my fantasy anyway that everything everything will become everything will will require will everything will acquire its appropriate weight that the world isn't going to the world isn't shrinking anymore the world will expand it's going to take time and effort to do things in the way that it hasn't we've been so spoiled especially that's true fashion. that's very true let's I agree go to kyoto for a fashion show tonight you know that, well, that's that, i always thought that was ridiculous yeah well i mean it's a reminder of how ridiculous it was didn't we i mean like i'm you know being an editor you know like i must have been like hell that you have to go all to all these places you know from this city to that city just to see a show it's it's kind of like doesn't make any sense after a while, it doesn't make any sense. No, well, it didn't. And it didn't even make sense while everybody was doing it. It wasn't like people said this is, well, people did say this is ridiculous, but they kept on doing it. And now we've been put in a position. It's so costly and like, yeah, probably yeah. it's unnecessary. There's other ways you can communicate. That's what I'm saying. There's other ways you can communicate those ideas. There's other ways. But this, I guess the, this the money that is spent on something Thing like that on a venue like that is there a way to communicate with the people that you need to communicate to you know with that budget yeah no it's not a small budget and you can do a lot okay what do you imagine how do you imagine well, you could do a film you could do a film for example a film mm -hmm. it's the same budget but film it's interesting when you watch a virtual fashion show um like armani did the virtual fashion show at the end of milan um, the digital fashion show. Mm -hmm. um, and I was watching that and I was thinking, well, it was very obviously, it was a, you know, a full record of the show. They staged a show, filmed the show. And I was thinking that when you're sitting in a fashion show, all the variables that you can't even account for, like you see the faces of the people over there, you see the whatever's happening here, like a, you want to look at that shoe or that button or something, I don't know, whatever, you fixate on something going past, there's a noise in the photographer's pit, you look over and and you just realize how it's a human experience that you're sitting in a crowded place with a whole bunch of other people looking at the same thing and everybody's having a different reaction. How? Yeah, but like, okay, that's a very small audience though. But, but it's the same for an opera. It's the same for a concert. It's the same for a movie. When you're sitting in a movie, do you think people are going to end up missing, are people going to go back to crowded movie theaters? You can't have, social distancing in a movie theater. I mean, yeah. three seats away or what in a, in a restaurant tables are all going to be eight feet apart. And, you know, the physical experience of life that we lived, the life that we lived two months ago, um, the, the, cha the, the changes and the, uh, even, I don't, I don't actually imagine it because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't do it. We don't know what this thing is really still. Um, how do you imagine fashion? Is it even a question of duplicating those experiences or reconceptualizing them so that they are as immediate and visceral and and physical and seductive as they were? How do you imagine that? How do, can you visualize that? Well, I think I think number one, the the the, the audience in a fashion show is very divided right there's really the people that that the professionals that need to be there and there's a lot of people that really you don't understand who they are what they do 
right? So the audience, like I remember fashion shows when the audience were much smaller, mm. right? And the venues were not as extravagant. Mm. And that was fine, wasn't it? We were getting what we needed to, we needed to get from the shows. And there were no photographers and, you know, it was just... But there were some photographers, but there were not billions what of you, photographers. What are you talking not, about, the 80s or 90s? Yeah, like the 80s, then even the 90s. Like the shows were not as costly. The productions were not as insane. No sets. The sets were not like... None. Right? And they it went off for an hour and a half. It, it was not like a theater, like it has become today, right? Mm. So when you look at even the show today, like how many people see that? So like five, a thousand people, the 500, something like that. Mm. Um, and the number of people watching the show live, that's a huge amount of people watching the show live. That's a huge amount of people looking at YouTube and following the show and getting aware of what fashion is doing. But when before, the same people, the same crowd was not watching because they didn't have the tools to watch. They didn't know. They were waiting for magazines to, to learn what fashion had to, had to say. But now you have all these tools. You have like live, you know, like, so you have millions of people. I don't know, like there, there was a quote of, I don't know, like, 10 million people were watching at the same time, like live or like live shows. Some, so 10 million people watching on YouTube and 500 in the room. The balance, you know, maybe the audience could be, there could be a live audience that would be smaller and maybe the backgrounds are more simple. And then there's like some kind of technology that allows to view it on YouTube in a different way, in a different experience the CGI, you know, like uh, possibilities, it could be interesting that the guests at the show, you know, they would use their phone because, you know, like people want influencers at the show because of the multiplication of the views through their own channels, right? So that's going to change. <clears throat> that's going to change as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, a lot of things are going to change. Yeah. But, you know, like probably you could get you know, like a small intimate show, which are very, which are very efficient for the professional people. And actually like, you know, we talked about that together, like how like many times, like how much you enjoy when there was, it is a small show and you see the people that needs to be at the show there. And it's a small crowd and it feels like very intimate and you feel part of something special. And then maybe there's a, a, a wider audience can watch it, you know, on YouTube. And, it, and maybe that's done in a much better way than it was done. So there's it's, a, like a, a, it's like saying, like, a, we'd love to be in the stadium, you know, like mm. when there's the World Cup at the final. We'd love to be in the stadium. It's amazing. But it's not like nobody's watching on TV. Right? Should yeah. Yes. Come to this. Always. Always. Yeah. Could come to this. But, but, but then my, my point is always with, I love fashion shows and the physicality of fashion shows is obviously why I love them. I love the, I love the whole performance, the whole, of course, I do too. whole intimacy that even when it's big, it's kind of intimate. Of course. And I just don't really, I'm really kind of trying to work out how we move forward without that option. Um, and, I, and my thinking is too kind of clogged with ye olde worldy thought to visualize a sort of um, techn technological 
uh, alternative. That's why I'm kind of wondering what, how you see it all. You know, I, I do, I, I've seen some incredible VR things, but, and then we talk about storytelling and you have VR, you have storytelling and VR, really amazing, strong things where you could create a narrative around um, clothing, but, but. I think that's a possibility. I don't think that's, that's a bad idea. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that could be something quite amazing. You could go into like a lot of detail, sing the clothes really well, you know, like a live show. Do you, but you wanted to move it, you wanted to go into movies um, and move on into this, this, this sort of fulfill your ambitions there. Do you, do you see that everything that's happening now kind of drawing you back to fashion in a way to, to, to use this challenge to, to, um, reconceptualize the way people look at fashion. You've always been a sort of taste leader in that way. Do you see yourself coming back to fashion? Well, I think it's, it's once in fashion, it's hard to totally let go of it. I mean, I, I, I don't think I want to let go of it. No, I want to add to my, <laughs> to my, you know, to, to my knowledge by doing other, working with other mediums, but no, I think I think I think it's it's an interesting time. It's a very challenging, interesting time. Full of I see it full of opportunities. I see it like there's a, the, the, you know there's there's many options. It's it's the time where people are really thinking about new ideas, and you know the in the times of desperation like this, like I think like people like are willing to take certain risks and 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 try new things and and you know like. And people are more, even the general public is more open to new ideas as well and to receive new way of, of being communicated at. Well, it's, so, history teaches us that after a catastrophe, there's, there's usually an enormous explosion of, um, of uh, human creativity. So um, there we go. human activity, creative activity. So fingers crossed. We should talk again in a year. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, so like, you know, I feel like, you know, okay, the, you know, like the world went through World War Two, mm -hmm. right? How, how, how bad was that? And World War One. And World War One. Mm -hmm. And how bad the world was when it was done. Mm -hmm. And look where, you know, how quickly it bounced back and how, you know. So it's, we have to stay optimistic. And on that note, I feel that the goblins, the um, Hamptons, the, di the digital goblins in the Hamptons are trying to stop you talking because you're, you're kind of freezing up. But Fabian, thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you today. And, the same uh, with you, Tim. I always love to talk to you. And I, when so we, I don't know when we see each other again, but we should do this more often. That's true. That's true. It's fun. Thank nice to be so with you, Tim. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, learning materials from BOF Education. Hey, 
everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com, and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. 